What is spiritual burial? How do symbols have power? And what does it really mean to open ourselves to God? We explore our connection to God and the power of ritual right now in the NCE Spotlight, your home for fresh insights from the ongoing translation of the New Century edition of Swedenborg's Theological Works. Hey, hey, Dr. Jonathan Rose, here we are. Oh, hey, come on in. I didn't realize time got away from me a little bit there. But you're most welcome. Come on in. Thank you. Thank you. Here we are in the presence of translator extraordinaire, series editor of the New Century Edition, who spends his days and nights all time at his desk editing (laughs) the multi-volume work, Secrets of Heaven. But you welcome us in from time to time to... uh, Lift, lift your head from that glorious work and share some of the insights that you've had, these gems that you've come across. So I look forward to seeing what you have for us this week. Yes, if I can just undo these leather straps a little bit on my hands, <laughs> <laughs> I can turn Curtis can give you a little hand massage while we, you, while we give talk. Give you a quote. <laughs> Here you go, sir. <laughs> well, I enjoyed our conversation, was that a week ago? about spiritual change and development so much. And I found some more passages on that same theme, which isn't too hard to do in Swedenborg's works. Nice. It's a good one. He has a passage here that I thought was really interesting. Uh, And again, as I might have mentioned last time, he thinks of us as having a multi-leveled mind, and he refers to that inner self as the rational level and our outer self as the earthly level in us of which we're more aware than we are of that that rational level rational to him is a pretty high level and he talks about this inflow you know when you read swedenborg he talks a lot about inflow doesn't he and it's hard to tell exactly what's going on but something is kind of radiating from the divine and coming down through the heavens and coming into us yes And so I found an interesting passage here about how inflow actually changes us in in little ways. Ooh, nice. Number 3318. These are all, again, from Secrets of Heaven, Volume 4. He's been talking about something else, and he says, A few words are needed to show how matters stand here, specifically how they stand with human beings. A human being is nothing else but an organ or vessel that receives life from the Lord. We do not live on our own. The life that flows into us from the Lord comes from his divine love. This love, or the life that radiates from it, flows in and bestows itself on the vessels in our rational and earthly minds. Hmm. Such vessels in us face away from the life force because of the evil we inherit by birth and the evil we ourselves acquire by committing it. However, so far as it can do so, the inflowing life repositions the vessels to receive itself. Wow. That is amazing. I love that. What a great encapsulation and so powerful. I love how he just, well, that it comes across being spelled out in this new translation that divine love is our life force. 
Yeah. Know, that's, I love that right. equation. And so talk about to think that that's like, that's what's keeping you alive. So yes, you can turn around, you know, you can f- orient yourself to feel more of that or f- figure out ways to to sense it because it's there. It's just we get, it gets blocked up, you know, we get, like it said, turned away on account of various things. And I don't think I've ever heard him describe it just like that, where the life radiates out from divine love. Yeah. It's like divine love is the nuclear core of the sun. And then life is everything that comes out, Mm. the heat and the light. Yeah. And it gives me the mental image of, um, let's say, boats in, in a river, boats that are anchored in some way, but the current just turns mm. all the boats in, in the direction, you know. That's cool, yeah. They, they want to head, you know, with the front toward that current. Front is a technical boating term. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ahoy, front side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. You're a Swedenborgian scholar, not a, That's not right. a Nautilus. <laughs> but it's it's fun to think about that inflow. Okay, it meets with, you know, you think it might be upset. It's like, oh, geez, all these vessels are turned away, you know, so they're not receptive to what's flowing in. But the vessels kind of, the, the inflow works the vessels to say, well, scooch this way a little bit and, you know, maybe you can catch more of what's flowing in here. So I thought that was a, a fun thought. So, so cool. I mean, and just the, such a life transforming thought, like that's, that idea in itself is what just like changes the whole game for people. If they haven't heard, you know, heard of Swedenborg before, I feel like he just spells it out so clearly. And it's like, whoa, like if that's, that's the framework that we're working with, it's just like gives you your, you know, sort of everything you need to. Oh to turn towards that love. It's amazing. That, that, that is amazing to think about that mercy that you wouldn't know is there, just mm-hmm. subtly working on you, just, just by sort of flowing in. It's trying to make things better. I was trying to go through the sequence of events in my head, thinking, okay, so wow, if, if divine love, uh, the life that comes out of divine love is the active force, the living force in us, but there's these elements in us that are flipped around. So somehow we can do things that are against that. But so it's kind of weird that we are going in one direction and yet divine life is going in the other direction. It's trying to restructure everything in our minds. So it must be doing that while we're doing other things. But then I was realizing, no, that the only way it can do that is through us assenting and consenting to Mm -hmm. allow those changes to be made. So its work of reversing those things is arranging life in such a way that it's convincing us to allow it Mm. to reverse those things. Like that's what it, it, it's not really acting in a way that's separate from our conscious experience. It's trying to influence our conscious experience to the point where we will let that happen. Yes. Mm. Nice. Well said. This next passage, um, is pretty long. It has a lead-in part, but I really felt like the lead-in part was necessary to understand the kind of punchline at the end. And it's all about, you may remember this story in the Old Testament about how Esau is starving. He's been out hunting, and Jacob makes this pot of red 
soup. It's like a lentil soup for Esau mm-hmm. and sells it to him at the cost of um, his birthright. And so Swedenborg, first of all, has a just a um, introduction that I'll read. When we read the story and take it literally, the angels then present with us form no picture whatever of soup, of Jacob, of Esau, of a red dish, or of swallowing some of it. Instead, they form a spiritual image, which is entirely different and distant mm-hmm. from the earthly one. The earthly image turns into a spiritual one instantly. The same is true with all other images in the word. For example, when we read about bread there, angels do not picture bread, but instantly think of heavenly love, love for the Lord, and its ramifications instead. When we read in the word about wine, they do not picture wine, but rather spiritual love, love for one's neighbor and its ramifications. So when we read about soup, they do not picture soup, but doctrines that have not yet been united to goodness and therefore the disorder of their arrangement. Okay, so that's sort of the intro. And then he talks about angels and gives sort of a hint of how we can become closer to angels, which would be the greatest change imaginable, I think. This reveals the nature and quality of angels' thought and perception and the width of the gap between theirs and ours. If we thought this way when doing something reverent, like taking Holy Supper, if we perceived love for the Lord in place of bread and love for our neighbor in place of wine, we would be thinking and perceiving as angels do. They would then come closer and closer to us until eventually we could share thoughts with each other, hmm. but only so far as we humans also dedicated ourselves to goodness. It's a union <laughs> requirement to put in that last bit. You know, <laughs> it, it can't just be thought and perception. You have to be lead, leading a decent life and helping people. But still, uh, pretty sweet. I love it. That is so cool. Talk about like a u- useful little nugget of information it makes me think that that it's sort of not enough for us to just think about the spiritual concepts that maybe there's something about the angels really loving it when we use the earthly things too to ground you know the the combination of having an earthly thing and Mm. understanding its spiritual meaning you know, with that goodness in there too, then you've got, then then you're like really giving the angels some joy there, you know, like they're really loving it. Yeah. Well, it's a, there's three boxes. Well, I guess two boxes to check and he lays them out pretty cleanly. I mean, he has those two examples of what you could be thinking about in the Holy Supper. And then if you're also doing good, I don't know, man, it sounds like a formula that you can follow. That's a kind of exciting yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. And I like the fact that the recipe doesn't guarantee instant total contact or something. But I like the way he put it that you'd be thinking and perceiving as angels do. And they would then come closer and closer to us. It's, it's not instant uh, until eventually we could share thoughts with each other, which almost made me think of, I don't know, 
in in the world of Mac computers, a AirDrop or Bluetooth or something. You know, <laughs> yeah. you get close enough. There's like, oh wait, I can share large files now. Yeah, <laughs> I know it was. I know this is like reaching back to I don't know how many episodes ago, but it's still uh, echoing my mind. This idea of um, the sages of ancient times being the ones who had that knowledge about what earthly things corresponded to spiritually. And right. they were the ones who had the the knowledge and insight for people. And so to think that that's kind of what Swedenborg is inviting us into is to have that in our own lives. And it makes me think we've got to be able to just like, you can have that thinking as you go about your day. Like if you're out for a walk and you're looking at trees, you know, or a bird flies by or something like the earthly things that just happen around you but then it just makes me think of like the the fun of of very intentional rituals that we can do for the sake of like obviously people have marriage ceremonies you know where you light a unity candle or you know different different things but it seems like there's a whole lot of room for kind of creativity in that 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 could be really spiritually nourishing uh based on what Swedenborg is saying here Mm. Uh, that's a beautiful, beautiful thought. The third passage I have is uh, about death and renewal, um, but not necessarily physical, although I'm, I'm sure that's part of it. A good springtime topic. That's right. Very good springtime topic. And uh, in the story, uh, Abraham has just said, I will bury my dead one. His beloved wife had passed away. And Swedenborg explains in 2955, another reason I will bury my dead one means emerging from spiritual nighttime and coming alive. Sounds like the opposite of what the literal text Mm -hmm. just said. But it means emerging from spiritual nighttime and coming alive is that when an earlier religion dies, the Lord raises up a new one to replace it. So instead of death, there is life, and instead of night, there is mourning. Yet another reason is that in anyone who is reforming and becoming spiritual, the dead part is buried, so to speak, and a new living part rises again. So in place of the night in such a person, or in place of the dark and cold, morning dawns with its life and warmth. Mm. That's so nice. (laughs) Such a great message. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm still, I have the thought, like, of course, my mind was like thinking about using burying something like there was one time when a friend and mentor um, encouraged me to buy you know bulbs um, tulip bulbs or daffodil bulbs and things like that early spring bulbs and um, even even sort of write down you know you can write down the things that you're letting go of or something and literally bury them with the bulbs like doing that sort of a like that in itself is one of those sort of like a ritual thing where you're thinking about what it means for you but then to actually be burying something 
and and knowing that it's going to send forth you know new life in the form of flowers or uh whatever it is but so it's just fun to have him using that language of burying when we've just talked about like the value of us doing earthly things and understanding what it spiritually means so like letting go of things that you know you're done with in your life or something and thinking about the new possibility that that's going to bring it's cool yeah it makes me think about when Swedenborg says that nothing it, that has once been ours is ever really gone and he says that with good things and with bad things that the mm. evils and falsities we've acquired we never shed them entirely they go to the periphery but I th like this imagery of they get buried sure yeah. there's there's things that are going to be around but they're they're as separate from you as things that are are dead and buried yeah or that anything buried goes through a process of decomposition so that it becomes the food for the new things so it's like the, the molecules are still there but it's completely gone you know or something so interesting that it's sort of still in you even if it's buried right i too found that very comforting and the fact that if something really is kind of lifeless inside you rather than continuing in some kind of a zombie state just mm. the idea of burying that it is very merciful and then a new new life grows up in its place as you're saying yeah it just seems like that's sort of the process of life is for us to be sort of uh like that's the nature of life that we it's useful for us to becoming aware of what what am I being asked to let go of right now, you know, or what can I let go of uh, and open myself up to that. And then, so then that's going to bring in new things or whatever. And that, that, that is just a constant cycle that uh, we go through spiritually and physically. So that's so cool to think about. Well, thanks so much, Jonathan. This has been Thank you. a total delight. That's a great pleasure for me. It's just fun to share these treasures and there's no way to sort of put into words how packed these works yeah. are with thoughts like these. I mean, there's just an unending supply. <laughs> it's amazing yeah. when uh. you really focus on any one of these gems. You know, there's a whole world in there and you can move in there and, and live there. And um, so it uh, does my heart good. Yay. to share these things with you and hear your thoughts. Well, fun, fun to get to live in that world for a few minutes here. I know. I'm so glad we get to come in here and hear from you about them, give them some airtime, and it's just always, always spiritually nourishing. So thanks so much. We'll, we'll see you again next time. Thank you. I hope your heart was uplifted and your mind inspired by this week's NCE Spotlight. Subscribe to the Inside Off the Left Eye podcast to tap into this stream of fresh insights and join us on our excursions into the historical context of Swedenborg's life and works. All passages quoted in this episode are sneak peeks from upcoming volumes of the New Century Edition translation of Secrets of Heaven. If you've benefited from the work of the Swedenborg Foundation through Off the Left Eye and the New Century Edition, consider supporting us with a donation. We are a nonprofit and depend on the support of our donors. 
to give, go to Swedenborg.com slash donate. And thank you for listening.